Welcome to Road to Billions Podcast, the mentality of an entrepreneur. With your host, Moise Bertrand. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is your host, Moise Bertrand, the Road to Billions Podcast. It's been an amazing journey, you guys, and I appreciate every last one of you guys for listening and tuning in on the podcast. Of course, you guys who are new listeners and for those who are old listeners, um, be sure to check out all the other new episodes that I dropped and all the recent ones as well um, because I feel like there's something for everybody. Feel me? And we're all on a journey, so it's always good just to, you know, go back and listen to some of those episodes. Um, Real estate, man, you know, you guys, I always got to give you guys a little bit of balance of life and then real estate and business and all that good stuff, but we're going to talk about real estate today and we're going to talk about the state of the economy. Right. So as we know, you know, interest rates are dropping. You know, at one point, interest rates were looking at around eight percent and it was keep going up and people were like, oh, shit, this is getting bad. Right. But people forgot years ago, like 2006, 2007, interest rates were like 16, 21 percent going like bizarre. Right. And what happened was the people who had interest rates at those high times, their biggest downfall and what they could all tell you to do um, what they could t- tell you today that they fucked up on was not buying more, right? They tell you, damn, I should have bought more real estate, not knowing that this real estate was going to go up in price and the refinanced, which is the rates, were going to go lower, which means eventually they were going to get more out there, bang of the buck, you know, for the cash out refinance. And this same situation I compare it today, and not in the same instant, but the same opportunity that's creating itself in the chaos. And what is the chaos, you guys? The chaos is immigration and Joe Biden's um, administration putting together a plan to, of course, to effectively battle the housing crisis in the country. So there's a lot of things that's going around. You know, we have things that are taking place at the border, you know, at the southern border that, you know, that's been alarming to not only the citizens, but also the government. And it's alarming to the citizens because we don't know who's in the house. I mean, who's in the country, who's coming in, if there's robbers, murderers, you know, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff. I'm not saying good stuff. But we also don't know exactly about the taxes that are not being paid by a lot of these people, right? And, you know, a lot of people feel some type of way. And when I say people, I mean the everyday working people, people who feel like they pay their taxes, they take care of their home, um, and they follow the rules. You get me? They've never been in trouble or nothing like that with the law. They do what they have to do a law-abiding citizen. They feel like their chances of owning a home if they're a renter right now, or even you know the job security, isn't as secure as they thought it would be 10, 15 years ago because of the mass immigration of you know other migrants from other countries to here, right? This is the land of opportunity. So a lot of people, if you guys been you know watching the news and keeping up with you know, the whole propaganda about what's going on, They've been telling a lot of Americans that, hey, listen, we're going to put together a plan to effectively take care of this housing situation, right? So the whole plan was a part of an emergency funding, and $2.7 billion of it was going to go towards security border, right? So they had a $40 billion plan from the Joe Biden. You know, they pr- proposed it to Congress, and it was letting them know, listen, we want to use some of this to take care of the border, right? But at the same time, they needed something to balance humanitarian concerns, which is detaining migrant children. Um, children, I'm sorry, why enforcing immigration laws? You get me? So they still thinking about how the pe- how they're going to create asylum for those who get over here illegally now because 
now is just so much just to send them back to the country because they don't know where they come from. They don't speak English. And then if they do speak English, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. You get me? So by that time, a lot of people are waist deep into the country, you know. So we have countries, we have um, states like Texas and Florida that's c catching a lot of immigration, um, people coming in and out. So at this point, they're like, okay, cool. You guys can stay. But now we got to figure out how we're going to keep you guys, you know, off the streets because it defeats the purpose of having you guys come over here. So <clears throat> now they have, uh, you know, proposed an idea where facilities, facilities will allow immigration agencies to, you know, more easily keep track of migrants throughout the asylum process. But they can also let the shelters and everything house these people um, for like, you know, periodic stays. But what creates the problem is that homeless shelters are not a 24-7 thing the same resident coming in and out, right? It's first serve, come serve. First, first come, first serve. So who gets there is the people who actually gets the bed. So that's another contradicting statement that they made um, to the government, let them know, hey, listen, we need to be able to create a way to not only create a safe place for, you know, these Im immigrants, but also still keep an eye on them, right? And they created, you know, obviously a plan to create more housing in a rental and in a rental market as far as making these communities, right? And I bring this to the attention of a lot of investors and for those who are looking to get into real estate because we have a lot of people who have some money laying around. And when I say some money, I'm talking about you might have 20, 30, 40, 50K, 100 bands extra laying around, right? And if you have 10K, you know, still stick with me. Even if you have 5K, still stick with me. Like I got something for every, every tier, right? But we're gonna start off with the 5K, right? I tell people all the time, group economics is the way is the way to like have a sustainable village. We have to rely on everybody. So if I have all the money and then I put all the money in investment, but no one's there to like really help me with the investment, who takes the loss? I do, right? But if we equally are yoked in the investment, not only we're we gonna put the amount of time in, but the amount of trust in, but also gonna put the amount of hours in. You feel me? The due diligence is gonna be very, very um, on point. So, okay, man, you get together, you know, group of your friends, and we buy a house, right? We buy a house, and now we can also propose this as Section 8 and prepare for the amount of immigrants that are going to start coming into the country, right? And I'm not saying this in a way where, oh, you're being green or you're being, like, funny. I'm not being funny. I'm actually giving you guys opportunity and chaos. This is art of war. A lot of people are complaining about the immigration, but people aren't doing nothing to solve it, right? People are saying, okay, we have immigrants coming over here. Okay, let's solve it. Let's let's buy more houses because we have, you know, we have funds that are like BlackRock buying every goddamn thing. We have these banks that now they don't even need to buy them no more. They're giving BlackRock the money to buy it, right? So they technically giving BlackRock all the power and financial, um, you know, leverage to buy anything in the goddamn country. And they're predicting, you know, by 2030, 2040, BlackRock, if they're continuing at the pace where they're buying single-family homes right now, they're going to be able to be, they're going to control 60% and own 60% of the single family houses in the country and it will be it will make it very unaffordable for anyone to buy the house because now they're they're literally controlling the market like if you have 60% of the market that means if you want to say you know what i'm going to drive all these damn houses prices up um i'm going to i'm going to drive all the rents up you give me $200 each I'm just going to monopolize this whole thing. And you might be like, damn, how, how could BlackRock do it? Well, they have the resources. And for two, they also have, you know, um, the funding for it. 
the resources are the ties that they have in the real estate market. You know, people buying houses, you know, off market deals that aren't showing up on Zillow and, you know, all these other places, Trulia and all that good stuff. You're not finding these deals. And if you're finding these deals, what happens? They're being bought out by a quote unquote, this outside investor that has all this cash. And what happens with that? BlackRock is giving investors, you know, little small companies to go buy on their behalf because they know they can't really put their name on every damn mortgage title, right? Now that creates a problem because what does BlackRock really, like, what does they really, what what do they really own? Like, that sound like half the damn country, if not majority of it. By the time you know it, Barack Obama mortgage is going to go up. You give me, like, everybody mortgage going up because of BlackRock. So now... What I try to tell people is it's going to be harder to get into the into the circle, right? And the circle is this, having a house that you're not living in, but you're creating an asset out of it. Because you can always move in back into the house, you guys, right? That's the whole beauty of real estate. You can always use your house in multiple ways, whether it's um, conventional, whether it's unconventional, whether you're using it for um, business, whether you're using it for leisure, whether you're using it for party, whether you're using it for um, business. So we have a thing with real estate that you can use it for whatever, right? That's why it's so versatile. And when you're using it for business, in this instance, you're able to make money from not only the situation, but also for yourself, right? Because you're not doing nothing wrong. You're just understanding that if you continue to buy a house every two or three years, you may have a house that's going to be able to take care of your whole lifestyle because that's the way the economy is moving, right? We're moving towards a more different economy if you guys peep the shift. There's a lot of paradigm shift that's taking place. You know, financial restraints, um, inflation. We have a lot of new laws about to be passed. We have, you know, the president, um, presidential campaign races coming up real soon, 2024. That's going to create a lot of, you know, a lot of things moving forward for not only real estate, but just for the world in, in totality. So what I try to tell people is position yourself now. Don't be that person who has all this money in your account and you're out here still going, doing the same shit that someone who doesn't have the money in their account are doing. I'm not saying that you can't do these same things, but what I'm saying is double double check before you do these things because you don't want to be back into a situation where you're trying to fight out now the matrix, trying to get into this bag, and you can't really get it because you kind of fucked up the first bag, right? And I don't need you guys fucking up the bag. So you come to roll the buildings because... We're trying to go get. We're trying to get the highest amount of money out this life shit. We're not trying to live life on the edge of saying, "Oh, I only got a thousand dollars to my name. I only got two thousand. I only got two hundred. I don't want to hear that shit." Like, yeah, we all got sad stories, but I don't want to hear that shit because I don't want to be in that energy of feeling like that's all life has to offer. You get me? I don't want to feel like, oh, that's the most I'm gonna ever have in my account. I want to say, bro, fuck this. I got two hundred. I'm gonna flip this shit to ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars in the next thirty days. People might call me crazy. Other people might be like, "How? let's get to it. How we do it? You get me? So I look at it like that. I look at it like, how could we get better at our mindset? How could, how could we get better at opportunity that presents itself? And in order to um, identify opportunity, you got to be around others who know when opportunity comes around. That's why they say your circle is so crucial because you may not ever heard of this news if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for me, right? Your everyday circle, they're not talking about how to make this money. They're not talking about how to make 10, 20, 30, 40K a month. And if they are, I mean, you should be pushing for that. You should be pushing them right now to keep doing that. And if you haven't achieved that 10, 20, 30K a month um, status yet, you need to grind hard to go get it. Because there's people who, like I say all this all the time, 
18, 19, 20, 21, 22, all the way to 30 years old who's been making this money for the, like, for the last five, 10 years, right? And some of us just kind of came into this money. And some people have yet to ever see this type of money in their life or even all at once in one month. So what I'm trying to tell you is if you're ever grateful enough and blessed enough to come into, you know, a certain amount of, you know, large sums of money and, you know, able to keep that money coming in on a consistent basis. And even though you may have a large sum saved up, you need to reinvest that some way to get out this race, this matrix. Because eventually, as you guys can see, he even got Tyler Perry not one to hire no screenwriters because he found out Sora AI, some type of open sea, some type of like, you know, text to um, video AI is now able to like take away literally, literally half his production team because he don't need any directors, he don't need any subwriters, he don't need anybody to look over his work. Now he could just li literally do it directly to the machine. Of course, he'll have somebody that's, you know, looking over it, but he created a source for himself saying, bro, I see where this AI shit taking me. I don't, I don't need to see any more people in my area. I'm about to start working on this now. And that's what you got to start thinking about the same thing with real estate. I'm already seeing people move into the country. It's 2.5 million people that moved in so far. They're predicting that's going to be 11.5 by 2030. Do you know how many people that is? Do you know how many 11.5 million people by 2030 is going to be in this country? Do you know how many people that is, people? 11.5 million. You're going to start seeing people in your neighborhood you've never seen before. I'm like, bro, when did you move here? They're like, bro, three years ago. I'm like, damn, I've never seen you, bro. They're like, yeah, you know, I moved in low-key. You're like, man... Shit crazy, man. <laughs> you just, you know, you be like, hey, man, welcome to the country. You just keep your day moving, you feel me? But it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of movement. As you guys can see, Mercedes-Benz just unveiled a new um, concept that's going to be taking place in Miami as well, a residential mixed with uh, some type of high-tech luxury life. You get me? I say that because Miami's moving towards a futuristic Dubai-looking city feel, right? That shifts the economy in Florida. So all the other economies are going to try to chase Florida's economy, right? They may not get to Florida's rent prices and housing prices, but surely but slowly, and surely still, I'm going to say it again, slowly but surely, I mean, that's the way I'm supposed to say it, slowly but surely, it's going to catch up. And when Florida, Miami prices, Tampa prices, and all these houses start going up six, seven, eight hundred, a million dollars in prices and range, these other houses in Houston, Texas, are going to be like six hundred and seven hundred thousand now, because you already got these houses down in South Florida and down in the South that are so high up now. This other economy is trying to catch up. So what happens? The average person, you need to be able to afford that, right? And if you can't afford it, what happens? You're now forced to be a renter. So now being a renter, you have this housing crisis that pops up because you got all these you got all these vacant houses that people can't afford. Because the baby boomers probably died and they haven't, they don't have any grandkids and so forth, so forth, or the bank foreclosed, and you know how the whole situation goes now. So all these houses are sitting on the market, butt naked without nobody to buy it. So people are now identifying these houses are now coming investor investors' properties now. You feel me? I'm buying this house. People are buying these houses. I'm buying these houses. I'm working with other people to buy these houses because people understand the state of emergency. That's what's going on right now. If you're able to have a piece of land because they don't create it anymore, you just created some type of generational wealth literally down the line. It doesn't matter if you have one house, two houses, three houses in your name. It doesn't matter if you have 100,000 houses in your name. You created something that no one else could take from you. You get me? Depending on how you look at it, depending on how you feel about it, 
you have a piece of land, you have a p- piece of infrastructure. And without infrastructure, with that infrastructure, you can make so many, so much money within the confines of those walls that you have to understand where to make this money at, right? So not only are you gonna buy this real estate, but you also gotta understand where, you, where you're gonna be buying this real estate at, you get me? And a lot of places, you know, they, they could just tell you pretty much where they're moving to, right? It, it's a lot of places where um, people just feel like these states are gonna go crazy, you get me? And just to name a few, we have Denver, Colorado, we got Miami, Florida, we got Sarasota, Florida, um, we got Big um, Boca Raton, we got Houston, Texas, and um, we got California as well, you guys. This is off the top of my head. But, you know, we have, um, let me see, I'm, I'm trying to Google something really quickly as well. Let me see, uh, this takes too long. Oh, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, so we all talking about it, right? We all see what's going on in the economy. And we see that these places, and New York is another place as well. And we see what's going on in the economy, right? And we just sitting back criticizing the way things are. But for those who understand money, this is the best time to open up a business and it's the best time to buy real estate. Open a business because you can still use that in real estate, right? Let's say you open up a business where you say you do interior design. You can still say you did it because you bought a house and you did the interior design on it. Those little things add up, right? When you're saying that you're an investor, now you look at the world from a bird's eye view. You don't look at it like everybody else. You're an investor. You invest. You're not a communist. You don't you don't consume goods like everybody else. You actually deliver the goods. So now you got to think different. And the way you think different is, hmm, you can't afford it. You can't afford it. I could either be a lender or I could buy these houses and I can now give out, you know, rent. You know, I could just make sure you can rent this house now. You know, so if I have 20000 30000 and I know these people are going to need 15% of that house, you know, down or 10% or 5% down, I could lend this money out to them. They're going to be paying me the interest, and they're going to be paying their mortgage. But, hey, that's what life is, right? You want to have a house. You want to be, you want to have some nice things in life. You got to make some sacrifices. And, you know, you can make yourself a lender in that situation as well, hard money lender to be exact. You know, obviously, you just you got to have a certain type of, like, guidelines. But you could do it. Anybody could do it. So, you know, just to bring this to um, a conclusion and stuff like that, I will wish for you guys to actually, you know, look to purchase a house. It doesn't have to be a hundred thousand, two hundred. It could be as small as seventy to eighty thousand. Once you find these houses, let me know. I can help you guys. I can walk you through the process. I can develop the house for you, of course, and I can just show you exactly how to make money from it and make buku amount of money from it. Because I don't want you guys feeling like once you buy this house, you gotta wait a certain amount of time. No, like I'm a person. I don't like to sit on no type of play. You get me? I want you guys to really understand that. So when I see money is made. In other people's ways, I learn it. And I learn it, and I try to make money as fast as possible. I don't try to wait like a year. You know how they tell you, oh, go to school, you know. No. If you don't need to go to school to make the same amount of money that your lawyer that your lawyer is making, you feel me, that a doctor is making, why do it? If you could work behind a computer and work 10 hours a month, and you can make buku amount of money, why would you let society force you into something you don't want to do? You know, I talk about this. I talk about this on the Pursuit of Happiness. Do what the fuck you want to do. And once you do what you want to do, you understand that everybody's just at the grasp of, like, social media and everything. Like, you could do what you want to do, you guys. But you got to put the work in. And this is one of the situations where I believe wholeheartedly that if you set yourself up now with real estate in the next five to ten years, you guys will not have to worry about a single bill, 
about anything. And then we also have Akon talk about the same thing in Africa. You know, for those who want to like, you know, take a trip to Africa, go do it. You feel me? I heard it's beautiful. I haven't been. I'm planning to go real soon. So I try to tell you guys, listen, I'm not really in the in the conspiracy theories, right? But what I will say is, I feel like a shift of wealth could take place. And when it does, because it will happen sooner or later, those who prepare themselves now with the foundation will be looking back like, damn, I'm glad I did that little one adjustment, that little one move, that one investment. Because now it put me so up right now that I can't come down. You get me? And um, for those who have the money in 10 years and five years later who didn't put the money in the right places, they're going to be looking at everybody else like, damn, I remember, I remember, I remember. That's how they're going to say. And I don't need you remembering. I need you creating. I need you to say, you know what? I'm going to create, I'm going to build me a new house next week because you got the money for it. You get me? And I want everybody to be at the top of the mountains once I get there because I'm going to get there one way or the other. So I appreciate you guys for listening to Roll the Business Podcast. It's been an amazing journey. Like I said, do your research on real estate. If you have any questions, DM me, send me an email, um, info at brightravengroup.net. And thank you guys for listening once again. Take care.